When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the 1865 match report. Well, it finished Wolves 1, Forest 1 at Molyneux as Forest halted a run of four straight Premier League defeats with a point in the West Midlands. A battling, committed performance from Steve Cooper's side after the thrashing at Fulham in midweek. And with the manager's job reportedly on the line, there was a lot riding on this game. And I think it's fair to say the Forest players put in a performance for their manager. I don't think it was the players that we were expecting to see out on the pitch at Molyneux, but we'll come to that a bit later on. Before we get into the match report, we will start with the opposition view. So it's over to Dave from the Talking Wolves podcast. Wolves 1, Forest 1. I think from a Wolves point of view, we were a little bit disappointed, mainly not not necessarily with the result, but with the performance, I think, from Wolves. Uh, You know, we faced off against Burnley and and you guys this week, both at home, um, but both very similar sort of level of performances where Wolves really struggled to get out of first gear. I'm surprised with how Forest did in regards to the way they played. I thought that they would come and almost try and stink out the place, especially after a 5-0 defeat. And Steve Cooper's job, you could say, on the line. I thought Forest would sit really deep and frustrate Wolves, which, yes, at times they did. But they also still wanted to have a go and could have easily left Molyneux with three points today. Um, You know, seven changes by Steve Cooper. Fair play, I felt. The players... And the play from today did what they needed to do uh, to make sure they got something out of the game and didn't didn't really let him down. Um, you know the 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 goal, you guys capitalising really on on a poor error from Walls really. You know, it's a really good header. I felt obviously from a Walls point of view we should have defended that slightly better. Um, and then it, our only sort of bit of quality I would say throughout the game where Lamina finds Saravia and, and can square it for Cunha to to poke home. So, I mean, if you're a neutral watching it, you'd probably say, you know, a draw is possibly the fair result. But I felt Forest fans would be happy with the level of performance, I would assume. Um, probably disappointed that you could have so easily nicked something, but would probably, you know, on the road in the situation that you're in, would probably take that point. Um, but like I said, there were, there were, it was quite a disappointing game. I think, like I said, Wolves never really got out of first gear. It was always, I felt, always going to be difficult for Wolves because... Forest were going to react to what happened. There was going to be a, rac- a reaction from Nottingham Forest at Molyneux. And I think now, I, I, you know, I don't know the situation. I think as an outsider, that performance probably gives Steve Cooper enough to keep his job for next week. Um, I think you've, you've got Spurs on Friday. I, I would be surprised if he's let go. Um, but look, I think he's a good manager, good core of players there. I think there's definitely three worst teams in Nottingham Forest uh, this season. Um, and, you know, you had a tough start to the campaign as well. So I think it's a, it's a hard one. From the owner's point of view, he needs to know that by January he's going to be spending money on someone that he knows is going to be the long-term future of the club. So I can understand why he may want to pull the trigger. But for me... I think Steve Cooper showed enough today against Wolves that he should still remain in that job. But as a Wolves fan, like I said earlier, pretty disappointed with the level of performance. But we're still uh, unbeaten at home, I think, now in six games. You know, we, we take the point, we move on. And uh, yeah, apart from the re- reverse fixture, lads, all the best for the rest of the season. Thanks, Dave. And some interesting points there. And I think a fair assessment of the game at Molyneux. It's Stephen here, and I've got Tom with me for this match report. So, Tom, 
Dave mentioned it there in the the opposition piece. Steve Cooper made seven changes for this game, and that's where we're going to start with the team news. So the likes of Aina dropped to the bench, Divock Origi dropped to the bench, Sangare dropped to the bench as well, amongst many others. Felipe also out of the team. And among the changes included a change in formation. So Forrest went back to the 5-3-2 formation, a back three of Neocarte, Murillo and Bolly, Toffolo and Williams as wingbacks. In the midfield, Czech Kuyate, Ryan Yates and Oral Mangala, Kuyate being the real eyebrow-raising selection in the midfield. And then a front two of Gibbs, White and Alanga. So Forrest not having an out-and-out striker of sorts, but I think the plan was to try and stretch the Wolves' defence with the pace and mobility of Gibbs, White and Alanga. But in goal, Tom, a change between the sticks. Vlaka Demos dropped and in returning to the team is Matt Turner. Yeah, it's a bit strange one with Vlakadimos. I mean, the goals what he has conceded, you can probably say that he's had no uh, chance to save any of them, to be honest. But he hasn't really been spectacular. I, to be honest, I can't really remember a save he's made of note. Um, to be honest, it's been pretty much the saves he has made has probably been routine. It's not been any spectacular saves and, and anything. And obviously, he's let five in. Um, on Wednesday after that shit show down at uh, Craven Cottage. And and yeah, I I think looking at that team yesterday, when it come out at two o'clock, I just said to my mate, that's a team who we can actually rely on and trust, who will actually give him something. And, and for whatever reason, people have alluded to it on um, Twitter and other social media formats, is that it's quite telling that, yeah, uh, last season, like Bardi, never had a, a sniff. I don't think he ever got on the bench and he's managed to pick up a Europa League winner's medal. Um, Montiel um, is a World Cup winner with Argentina and he can't get in the squad for whatever reason. So uh, whether... I did say on Wednesday, and it, I wouldn't say it was frustration, but he was just telling that certain players, obviously, uh, down tools and whether they don't trust... Um, Steve Cooper's an elite coach, um, this, that, and the other. It's um, And those players didn't play, obviously. Sangari didn't get on the pit field yesterday. Dominguez didn't get on the field. Um, Origi didn't get on the, uh, the field. I know he's been, he has been 100% fit, but yeah, it's, it's quite telling yesterday that he's picked a team which he knew would run through brick walls for him and it was solid enough to get a point on the road. Yeah, I think it was telling that he'd gone to a a group of players who'd largely played for him last season. And in midfield, Czech Kiyate returning for his first appearance since last April. I thought he did okay, actually. In his 60 minutes, he was... I think the, I think the idea was to bring him in and use his athleticism to intercept, win the ball in midfield and drive Forrest on. I think he did okay, didn't he? He looked a little bit like the Kiyate before the World Cup injury last year. Yeah, he's, he's solid without being spectacular, isn't he, Chiarte? But he's, sometimes his use of the football isn't great. And and at times, he's, he can get, he's a bit like uh, deceiving, really. He can get around the pitch, but when he, you actually see him in full flight, he, he does look like he's running in treacle a uh, majority of the time. And obviously, he had the legs of Mangala around him. But yeah, yeah yesterday, Chiarte was uh, yeah solid, um, without being spectacular, um, really. So I, I was pleasantly, well, I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised. I was surprised to see him in the starting lineup after I went to that game at Brentford where basically turned his back on that Ivan Tony uh, free kick and, yeah, he didn't have his best moment in a forest shirt. So, yeah, I was surprised to see him back yesterday. But um, if you see um, Chiarte behind the scenes and everything, he does seem to be a bit of an ally towards Steve Cooper because Steve Cooper, um, I know he hasn't played in terms of fit, if it's been fitness, um, obviously injury or form or whatever, but Steve Cooper does seem to have like a um, a likeness or a like to like Chiarte kind of thing. So, yeah, I was surprised to see him yesterday, to be honest. And after the game kicked off, I think it was clear that the Forest players looked more committed in this game. They were putting in tackles, chasing down Wolves and also looking to have more of a threat on the break than what they did at Fulham. And it just, they just looked more committed to the cause. And, and that was a, 
a promising sign after what we saw on Wednesday night. And 14 minutes in, Forrest took the lead. It was Kiate who intercepted Totti's ball out of defence. He fed the ball wide to the right-hand side for Williams. He held on a second or two, just allowed Yates to make a decoy run to his right and then bent a cross in, which was met by Harry Toffolo at the back post on the head. Dawson was on the line, tried to clear it, couldn't quite do it. The ball was in the net and Forrest were in front. And I, I, I like this goal, Tom, because it was wing back to wing back. Yeah, it, it was a nice goal. It was at the opposite end of the, because in that lower uh, tier, which is that stand is pretty much a, yeah, a copy of the Brian Club stand. So um, it was at the opposite end of the ground. So we was like nearest the newest stand. Um, I think it's Stan Collis stand or whatever it is. Uh, so it was a bit of a delay of what actually happened, um, you see, because obviously quite low down. And um, yeah, when we saw Toffolo um, celebrating, um, I, I think it the start for us made, I think it was a bit deserved, to be honest. I think they tried to get on the front foot a couple of times and didn't make that right pass. And and then obviously cross coming by Nico Williams, who yesterday had a very, very good game. He's very solid and he was up and down the right-hand side all game. And it probably one of his better games for Forrest because obviously he's had his um, critics, hasn't he? Um, but yeah, he was uh, decent yesterday at Nico Williams and putting a lovely cross onto the back stick for Harry Toffler, who he's deserved that because as we know, um, his career uh, path, he's like started in the lower leagues and worked his way up. So, I mean, only a few years ago, he was only playing for, um, no disrespect to him, but Lincoln City, who are usually like in like League One or League Two. Um, so to, put, uh, to score that, yeah, I, I was really pleased for him um, yesterday because he he has been playing pretty well um, in recent games, and so uh, yeah, I was um, he deserved that goal yesterday. Did uh, tough, and he's first in a Forest shirt as well, first in the Premier League, so well deserved for him. After Forest went in front, I think I think what happened was Wolves did actually wake up a little bit and start to to come at Forest a bit more, and there was a shot by Mateus Cunha, which was a could have been a tricky one. It was a bending shot from outside the area first time. And Matt Turner did well to not only get across to it, but also hold the ball and, and keep it in his hands because Wang Li Chan was waiting to pounce in the vicinity. So I think Turner there did well. Good hands from him. And Wolves in that first half did start to get on top, enjoy more of the possession and slowly start to pin Forrest back and and Forrest went a bit deeper and the goal did come the equaliser for Wolves 32 minutes it was some neat interplay between Lamina and Sarabia Sarabia into the box pulls the ball back for Cunha and he has a reasonably simple finish slotting it past Turner into the bottom corner Steve Cooper wasn't happy with the throw-in call by the officials that was made in the build-up to the goal I still think Forrest could have done better in terms of defending as much as it was a nicely worked move from Wolves as well. What was your view on it, Tom? Yeah, it was on our side. The, the line on our side was um, basically indecisive for the game. He's very slow with his uh, flag, um, etc. But yes, it was a Forrest throw-in, but there's enough play to prevent that goal. And um, Wolves just popped it around as um, like uh, one touch intricate um, passing and um and obviously Cunha's um like tapped it home on the pullback. So yeah, um I think Forrest were just um a yard off it at, at that point in the match where um they were just like knocking the ball around it. And it was a nice goal if from a Wolves perspective. But yeah, I wasn't too aggrieved by it because yeah Sometimes you don't get the right decisions, i.e. a throw-in when you believe it's come off a like a Wolves player or whatever. But yeah, first guy do were a lot better. They just switched off for that split second and they never got set. And then they popped the ball around and and Cunha scored. So um, yeah, I'm not too aggrieved um, by it. And that's one criticism I've had of um, Steve Cooper um, in recent weeks is that it, I know the performance haven't been great, but don't start using the officials as uh, as an excuse kind of thing. We, we've got to do better in certain situations and whether internally he will mention that to the players and that you um, criticise them for not being switched on. But um, yeah, I, I just said to my mate yesterday, I said, no, Forrest have switched off for a split second then and they never got set and they got um, underly um, punished for it. So yeah, disappointing to concede the equaliser for Forrest, but I think they responded well, actually. They could, 
they stuck to their game plan. They were committed, still putting in tackles. And as Wolves were coming forward at them, Forest were resolute in defending with everybody playing a part, putting in tackles, blocks, interceptions, chasing down, really making life difficult for Wolves, I thought. And just before the break, Forest had a big opportunity to go back in front and it was Keate involved again. He chased down Max Kilman, who was dithering in possession, didn't deal with the ball. Keate intercepts it and has a clear run at goal. It's a first-time shot that Jose Sarr saves with his legs and the ball goes away to safety. I think it was Dawson, the Wolves defender, who was also covering from Keate's right-hand side. So I don't think Keate had the opportunity to take another touch. I think he had to hit it first time. I think with respect to him, though, the chance fell to the wrong person on the pitch because Keate's not exactly known for his goal scoring. But that was a big chance, Tom. And if that goes in, Forrester 2-1 up before the break and and things look very different. Yeah, if that was an Alango or Gibbs-White or, or Wani for that matter, if he wasn't injured, um, yeah, it would have been 2-1. But yeah, I think Keate just like, his eyes lit up and um, yeah, it didn't really hit. It was probably a routine save uh, for Jose Sar. So, uh, but if he'd just got a bit of height on it, you never know. But um, yeah, Chiarty, as you've said, he's not noted for his attacking or finishing, is he? So, um, so yeah, it, it was a missed opportunity, but it's fallen to the wrong person, unfortunately. And yeah, it would have been nice to go in at 2-1, but um, just go back to the Wolves goal. And there was like a, a fear in the um, forest um away end is that a lot of people were saying don't, don't crack now don't, don't like basically implode because yeah. that's been um, that's been the criticism of Forrest in recent uh, once the first goal goes in the second goal and the third goal a bit similar to last season where they've got a soft underbelly so uh, so yeah Forrest were resolute um, after the goal we was fearing the worst after what happened on Wednesday against Fulham so um, so yeah Forrest I think Murillo had a decent game yesterday. I mean, there was sometimes he was like um he was to blame for um probably doing a bit too much when he's once he's done the hard bit of uh, trying to bring the ball out of defence, but that's the defender he is and thankfully we didn't get punished for it yesterday. But he was brilliant yesterday and Nicarte was um brilliant. He uh, he was back to his the performance what he put in against Villa when he kept uh, Ollie Watkins in his back pocket. So um and uh, Bolly had a pretty much solid game. So, yeah, defensively yesterday were pretty sound. Yeah, and I think to have that response from Forrest, given what happened at Fulham, and as you're saying there, that resoluteness in defence, that committed nature of the performance, I thought was an encouraging sign because I think this game could have gone one or two ways. It could have been players downing tools again, not really playing for Steve Cooper, and we could have lost 3-0, and that probably would have been Curtin's for Coops, but actually Forrest were committed, were very much in the game, defending well, everybody doing their jobs, everybody really delivering for the manager. So after what happened on Wednesday, I think that was quite encouraging to see because I I, I must admit before the game kicked off, I was quite worried about potentially where the game could go. So 1-1, it was at half time. Forrest got into the break level and in the second half, no changes were made. Forrest came out with the same 11. And I think actually in the in the second half, Tom, I think Forrest shaded it. I think they had a bit more of the game, better opportunities, and, and just looked better team in that second half. Yeah, and if they used the ball a bit better, they could have had even more um, opportunities. There's a couple of times where um, Gibbs-White was... Um, he, he picked up the ball in a, some decent... Um, areas of the pitch and he only had to play a free ball in for a Langham for whatever reason it's like a touch too many or he's um, he's played it in a bit too hard and a Langham can't get on the end of it so yeah there was times where we did get in some really decent opportunities and um, I, I would have before the start of the game I would have took a draw after what happened on Wednesday um, overall the game I think it was a fair uh, result 1-1 um, but yeah, I just thought, Forrest, but having said that, Forrest did have some decent opportunities and if they did make the right decision, they might have like come away with it like a 2-1 um, win. But um, I think that's been the criticism in uh, the last month or so is that when we get into some decent positions, our decision-making 
is relatively poor. Um, and we know Gibbs White has uh, got the quality. And I'm not just blaming him because as a collective, it's everybody who can play that final ball if it's from a wide area or whatever. But um, yeah, sometimes um, yeah, it's the ball um, when it go when it goes into the desired target, it, it doesn't get there, and it's yeah, it's just the wrong decision. It is really frustrating because if we can get that side of the game sorted. We, we might be able to punish teams, but uh, at the moment, um, our passing radar in the final third um, is distinctly uh, lacking, and that's why we're not winning football matches at the moment. Yeah, and we, we've mentioned the loss of Tyrell one year. I think he really does knit things together up front, and he's very good at just holding up the ball and bringing others into play. And yesterday, I think Gibbs, White and Alanga, it, it worked in in this particular game, but you can see where we do lack that out-and-out striker up front. And Gibbs White, I thought, was actually quite good in the game and he was looking to make things happen. He was getting around the pitch and was trying to be that creative spark for Forrest. Alanga, sometimes the ball was coming into him and he wasn't holding on to it or he was sort of making the wrong decisions when it came to passing the ball or moving the ball on. But I think that's just his game at the minute. That's hopefully something that he's going to improve on as he gets more game time. Yeah, I think Alanga's a project, isn't he? He's still relatively um, young and he is raw. I mean, if you're giving the ball and he, he runs with the ball, he can get past players um, with ease kind of thing. But when the ball's into him and he, he has to like hold it up and obviously shrug off a defender, he can't do that. The ball comes off him like um, like a trampoline at times uh, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, if he can like um, sort that side of his game out, he will be a really dangerous player. But yeah, he's very good when he's got space in, um, in front of him to run into or whatever. But yeah, when the ball's tight to him, he, yeah, he's not that great at the moment. And and it goes back to um, Awani when he plays it's just like knits it all together and he's got that pace as well mm. to get beyond the last uh, defender but uh, I mean yeah with Wood and Origi did alright on Wednesday for the first like five <laughs> five minutes but as soon as that well half an hour to be honest he, he did look quite lively but like I said once that first goal went in uh, we just um, imploded but um, but yeah Wood did come on um, yesterday and he, he didn't really have enough time to do anything to be honest but uh, yeah um, going back to Alanga I think he needs to um, like polish up that side of the game and he will be a, he is a dangerous player now but he, he can if he can put all that together he'd be a more dangerous player In the second half Forrest made a change on 63 minutes so Coyote came off for Danilo Coyote had been booked in the first half and I think that was just a wise move I think he was tiring and on a yellow card as well. Not worth taking the risk with him and Danilo came on. Another trusted Cooper player from last season, I think it's worth mentioning. And he was involved actually in the golden chance that Forrest had to go 2-1 up in the second half. And it was down the left-hand side, Danilo. He feeds the ball into Alanga. Alanga overhits the cross, but... Nico Williams is coming in on the far right-hand side. He chases the Wolves player down, wins the ball back, drives down the byline, puts a cross in, and Harry Toffolo meets it three yards out. And agonisingly, the ball goes over the bar from his header. Not only could that have been 2-1 Forrest, it could have been two goals for Toffolo and two headers. Um, yeah, I, I just think he, he's he's coming to it a bit too quick. Obviously, he, he had to get there. So, but I think he's like um, connected with it a bit too well, and obviously, it's gone over. You know, if you like, if that comes off you like your chin or something like that, it's a goal, isn't it? But um, yeah, I, I just think that the, with the defender there, he just puts him off a bit, and he doesn't get the like the right contact with it, and hence why it goes over the bar. So, but to be honest, with uh, I, this is I don't want to be too critical, but I've been a bit disappointed with Danilo this season. I, I mean. Yeah, I don't think he's been out the races um, and whether that's been like fitness or whatever, because he has had a few injuries, i.e. his hamstring, etc. But uh, yeah, when he came on yesterday, um, he looked a bit better than he has done in recent games, you see. So if he can like carry that on into the um, games, what we've got to coming up, then it's another asset for Steve Cooper in a bit of an attacking sense. But with, with Danilo, this when he could burst on the scene in January and obviously it took a bit of time to get um, up to pace with the Premier League he, he was a brilliant asset I mean he scored that goal against um, 
Southampton uh, didn't he and um and Brighton but yeah this season he's just he just hasn't been quite there and it's like you look at him from last season to this season and like what kind of player is Danilo and I'm, like this season I've been scratching my head thinking is he a defensive midfielder is he an attacking midfielder but um yeah he was a bit better yesterday so hopefully he's got over his um, fitness woes and he can be a decent asset for us and over the next uh, coming games and also coming on later in the game, we had Felipe for Murillo. And then, as you mentioned, Chris Wood came on for Anthony Alanga with about six or seven minutes to go of normal time. But the game from Forrest's point of view, they didn't have any any glaring opportunities after the Toffolo one that went over the bar. Alanga did hit the crossbar with a volley, but it looked like the, he was offside for that one. Um, yeah, we it, it's cl- it's almost like it's almost there with Alanga, but sometimes it's just not close enough, is it? Yeah, inside the Molyneux yesterday, um, I thought the flag went up um, for where the second phase of the play when it came off the crossbar. Whoever, I think it was uh, Williams or somebody like, like received it, whether he was in an offside position. But then when you watch it back on match of the day, Alanga looks like he's half a yard off. So, um, yeah, if that did go to VAR, I, I think that would have... Um, would have been disallowed, but yeah, like you say, with Alanga, I mean, he, he had a similar chance um, uh, in a recent game, didn't he, on the back stick? Was it against Everton or somebody like that? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like I say, he's a project. He's only, what is he, 21, 22? So there's still, there's a lot of promise there and there's something to work with and he's only going to get better with the, under the right coaching. So if they like, whoever the coaching staff is going to be in the next couple of years, whatever. If you keep, can keep working with Alanga, then he will become an even better player. But yeah, he's still just got that rawness in certain situations, hasn't he, at the moment? Yeah, and Wolves did have one final chance in the game and it was Cunha who got away down the left-hand side, drove into the box and hit a powerful shot at goal, but Turner parried it away and the danger was cleared. And that was the last meaningful chance of the game. It finished 1-1 and Forrest coming away from Molyneux with a point and, and stopping the rots in a way. It is still one win in 12 Premier League games, but it did feel a bit different this, didn't it, Tom? The level of performance and the response to what happened at Fulham in the week, I think that was really something that the Forest fans appreciated. Yeah, Um because me and probably the other 3,000 were probably fearing the worst after what happened. It's like what performance is going to um, be brought to uh, Molyneux yesterday. And it was a solid performance and we had a few decent openings. So, yeah, it's a start. It's uh, stopped the rot. But like you said, it's only one win in 12. And we got, uh, obviously, I know no games in the uh, Premier League are easy. And we've got Spurs on Friday night, which it's going to be a brilliant um, atmosphere. But, as a uh, as a fan who goes to obviously home matches and away matches, um, it'd be nice to have some clarity now of what's happening with Steve Cooper. We can't keep helping this every single week. Is he going? Is he not going? Because he doesn't do anybody uh, any favours. Obviously, you've got your bickering on um, social media. You've got TalkSport who are having a, a field day uh, thinking they've got some exclusive. Then obviously you've got the newspapers uh, coming out with articles about because these articles never come out when we're winning games, do they? But when there's a, a bit of negativity over Forrest, um, or the conspiracy theories come out with why Warrell isn't playing, why McKenna isn't playing, um, and Maranakis's mindset with the rest of the board and everything. So it'd be nice to have some clarity to um, going forward now. Um, I wouldn't say Steve Cooper's out of the woods, because like he says, it's only... One win in in twelve now, um, but yeah, you, you can't keep doing this every single week um, as a fan. Because it, it, like yesterday, when my initial thoughts was um, the players stayed back, and then Steve Cooper like uh, walked up and down the length of the away section in the Steve Ball stand yesterday, like um, like patting his chest um, where his heart is and everything, and saying thank you and, and all of that. And some people, and I initially thought me. Um, is that is this a goodbye? Is his future already been decided, and, and that might be the uh, be the case? So, um, come tomorrow morning or whatever, you never know. You might get the corner flag statement saying 
um, after like a, an internal review, it's decided that we've parted ways, which it'd be, I'll be sincerely sad that it has come to an end. But like I said um, in the past, that every manager has a shelf life and whether Steve Cooper's at the end of his, it remains to be seen. But uh, I think as a fan, I'm forever grateful for what he's done for us. He's the only manager in 23 years to bring Premier League football to the city ground. Um, he has made mistakes. He will be the first to make that he's made mistakes. And, and sometimes his um, selection recently has raised eyebrows, and etc. But if, like he said on Wednesday, um, whatever happens, what decision the club makes, he'd be happy whatever that is. And um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him in the dugout on uh, Friday night. But if the club do make a decision early this week, I can, can kind of understand it because as we all know, it's a result-based um, business and it's, the results recently haven't been great. And everybody says, I'll sack the players, but we know that doesn't happen because obviously um, the players... Um, I, I'd. Sometimes I don't think they go out to definitely lose games, but if things aren't going right, they have got the ability to down tools. And I think a lot of us thought that on Wednesday that certain players did down tools and certain players got subbed off at half time and didn't appear for the second half to watch the match with the rest of their teammates. So I think that's telling. And then obviously certain players who are not being picked at the moment for whatever reason, I think that's a bit telling. And yeah, I think what will be will be, but um, but I wouldn't be surprised either way, to be honest. And I'm not in, I'm not one who's in a Cooper in or Cooper out, but like I said, football. I've been obviously supporting this club for thirty years now, and nothing surprises me to be honest. <laughs> but um, but yeah, if um, Evangelos Marinakis thinks the time has come to make a change, he will make that change regardless of fan support and. I don't think Marinakis is heartless. I think he, he knows what Steve Cooper brings to the club and the, and the city. And he's the only manager who's had that connection, albeit probably you can pr- compare it to um, Karanka um, because of how he was for a certain time. Of It was a bit united then, obviously, through the toys out the pram. And, and before him, when Farris was here, Pierce did knit everything together. But obviously, results speak for for themselves I think it was like two wins in 24 by the time he got the boot but but yeah as we all know it's a results-based business and it it will be a sad time when it does come to an end but um, I think for the greater good um, with how much money Marinakis has put into the football club he's got to look at it this way if there's a distinct fear that we will drop out of the Premier League then he will make that change. Yes and we will talk a little bit more about Steve Cooper's position and his future after a short break. You're listening to 1865, the Not Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tis the season for festive football. And what's the best way to watch it? Well, it's down at your local Green King Sports Pub, of course. After all, Christmas is a time to catch up with your friends, old and new, and to get to your local for a pint, some food, and live action of every Christmas cracker when it comes to Premier League football. Each fixture from TNT, Sky and Amazon is live at Green King Sport, which means wall-to-wall action on the huge HD screens, So head to your local Green King and watch every winning goal, top bins volley and yes, dodgy VAR decisions in an atmosphere worth sharing. Download the Green King Sport app and you'll receive 10% off drinks every single time there's sport on the telly. And you'll be supporting us here at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Now it's back to your match report. The 1865 match report. 
Welcome back to this match report. Let's now hear the thoughts of our very own Rich. So it was a better performance. And as I predicted, Stevie Cooper went for the pragmatic team selection of five at the back, no real strikers. But it worked. I said before the game that if he went for the option of basically doing what we did at Brighton away last season, then that would be enough for me. All I really want is to see them fighting and putting in the effort because if we can get that bit of confidence back, I know that the team have got enough ability to be able to have a reasonable season. Now, whether that's enough for Mr Maranakis and whether that's enough for some of the fan base, that's another matter. And obviously, I'm not going to tell people what to think. What I would say is that to echo what Stephen and George said in the match report after the Fulham game is that there's a real danger that if we let Steve Cooper go, it'll destabilise what we've got going at the club because he is the constant that's there. And also, there's always that danger that he'll go off and be a better manager elsewhere, being given the tools to do it his way. Naturally, you know, the walls will still be circling, no pun intended, and there probably will, still will be some leaks to the press and some, some, some odd headlines and stories coming out. But for me, this is a step in the right direction. Again, use that Brighton match last season as a bit of a template. It was one of the things that just got us, reminded us as fans and players and indeed the gaffer that we maybe have got more fight than we thought we did. We have got more ability than we thought we did. And it's really, really important as well to hear Steve Cooper's post-match interview where he said he felt really assured by what we can do now. Some thoughts there from Rich, our host of the podcast, picking up on this this idea that Cooper is one of the few stable things that Forrest have got in the club at the moment and letting him go could potentially bring in a period of instability and and unrest potentially. But the overarching feeling I'm still getting from the majority of fans is that Steve Cooper is very much the man for the job and he should stay in post. The point at Wolves moves Forest five points clear of the bottom three. We're recording this on Sunday morning, so Sunday's Premier League games haven't happened yet. But just going back to Molyneux and in the post-match interview with Radio Nottingham, Steve Cooper didn't sound like a man who was on his way out of the club. What do you think, Tom? No, um, the good thing about um, BBC Sounds app is that regardless of where you are in the country, you do get um, all the post-match uh, reaction. Um, so and where we parked, it was only like a 10-minute walk from Molly Newark. So I was like listening to it on the way back to the car then. By the time I got to the car, I uh, listened to his interview. Yeah, it, it was an upbeat um interview wasn't it with uh, Colin Thoreau um on Wednesday he he was broken that man was broken on Wednesday um and he, I don't know I, I don't know Steve Cooper as a person um he, he seems to be a very strong character um but I think his bottom lip was going um I've, after he saw that reaction from the forest um crowd on uh, Wednesday I, I think he if he wanted to he could have burst into tears because of that so uh, level of support and the um, level of support was there all through the game um, even before the game in the um, concourse they were singing um, Steve Cooper's name um, he has got the majority of the support still uh, and I think it's a lot of it's thankful for what he's done and everything and we uh, sincerely hope that um, we'll get back to winning ways uh, sooner rather than later because I think if he if, Stating the obvious, if he does get a win in the next uh, couple of games, I think that will just like um, just calm everything down and not have this like speculation hanging over his head. And they do say, don't you, that, um, that we are three, you are three games away from a crisis in the Premier League. Um, and I think we've had, we're still in that crisis in a way because obviously with all this speculation, will he go, won't he go, and everything. And like I said earlier, it'd be nice for the club to uh, basically come out and say, look, we, we've had a review and everything. And at this moment in time, Steve Cooper, we do back him and um, and he is our man for the um, for the future. Um, and at 11 o'clock uh, today, uh, Sunday the 10th, <laughs> of December, TalkSpot have actually come out and said that after that draw yesterday, Steve Cooper's um, 
position as forest manager is safe for now kind of thing. So, but like I says, it, it'd be great to, um, to get a win on uh, Friday, stating the obvious. And at the start of the season, uh, Spurs were looked un- uh, like unbeatable. It was like whether um, new um, new set of eyes on the job, i.e. and Postacoglu, and he's gone in there. And but they've had a few. If we, I mean, I know they got the draw against Man City last week, but then they've lost against Man um, West Ham in the week at home, um, etc. So. I don't think they are a team which are invincible at the moment. I think you can get at Spurs, and um, and yeah, and that, um, under the lights at the City Ground, uh, packed um, City Ground that is, and the atmosphere. I, I I think we could possibly get something, but obviously everything has to be aligned and everybody's got to be on it. We can't have that um, performance against Fulham on Wednesday at the City Ground on uh, Friday. The players were a disgrace on Wednesday, and Harry Toffolo's mentioned that in his um, post-match interview yesterday that the players were embarrassed, and rightly so. Um, but yeah, the result, what we got yesterday at Wolves, um, that can't be a one-off now. Um, that's got to be a building block. Like last season, I think we lost against um, Leicester, didn't we? Four 0 and I think the game after that was Brighton, where we didn't really do yeah. a lot in the game, but we like just stuck at it and got a nil-nil and. Um, and that was like basically the foundations to actually get some decent results before the World Cup break last year. I mean, um, we got a two-all against Brentford, didn't we? And beat Palace and et cetera. So, yeah, yesterday's game's got to be a catalyst now of actually being resolute and actually um, um, start improving performances and um, hopefully get some wins on the board because, um, I mean, I said earlier, no games are easier in the Premier League, but we've got Spurs on Friday and... I mean, we did all right against Spurs last year, if you remember at um, home. Um, we just didn't have that finishing touch and Harry Kane was the difference. Yeah. And we played them in the League Cup, didn't we? And we absolutely dominated them and beaten 2-0. So, um, yeah, at least I haven't got Harry Kane this year to make the difference. And yeah. players like James Madison, who are injured, big players at the moment, they have had a few wobbles of late. So it does feel like maybe it's not a bad time to play Spurs. And I think... A Friday night atmosphere under the lights at the city ground. And if reports are to be believed, Steve Cooper will be the manager for that game still. As you mentioned, Talk Sport have put something out this morning saying that the 1 1 draw at Wolves is set to give Steve Cooper more time to turn around Forrest's fortunes. That's according to Talk Sport sources. If that is the case, I think that is the right move. I think given everything that's been going on recently, Forest do need some stability and some clarity on the manager's position. You can't keep going into a game and thinking that he's only got one game to save his job. I don't think that is a healthy or sustainable way to run the club. And just going back to the performance at Wolves, those players yesterday were playing for Steve Cooper. There's no doubt about it. And Harry Toffolo as well in his post-match interview was full of praise for Steve Cooper and, and what he's done at the club since he joined. I'm really glad for the manager today because he deserved that. And you showed how much love he gets when we just lost 5-0 away from home. And to be able to put on a performance, a proper resilient performance, albeit we didn't get the three points, but it's a, a point in the right direction. And um, we just want to keep putting ourselves in those positions and a point away from home is, is a great result. We know the pressure that he's been under, the questions around his job. Did you feel like you were playing for him today in that sense? Yeah, we love the gaffer. He's um, He's been a massive part of this football club for two years. What he's done, not many people, if not nobody, would have been able to do what he's achieved. So we're with him, we're right behind him. Um, long may it continue. We, I love working for him, uh, as do all the players in there, and I think it showed today. And um, a big, big respect as well to the owner for, for sticking by the players, sticking by the, the manager. And, and it just shows you how together this football club is and it's heading in the right direction. And it's one that um, many people would want to be a part of. Hard to argue with that as well, isn't it, Tom? Yeah. Um, and like I says um, at the start of this, uh, part was that turn the players... What we picked are ones what uh, Steve Cooper can rely on. Um, I don't want to um, like single players out, but I think in the last couple of games, I think Ibrahim Sangare for we follow uh, we've um, we're after him all summer and everything. And whether he hasn't got um, 
got to the grips with the pace of the Premier League yet um, and moving to a new country, a new culture, etc. Whether that's been a factor, um, I don't know. But um, but yeah, there's certain players who have shown when they've come in and shown a bit of promise, but they haven't like carried that on. I think Nico Dominguez, he's against Villa, he was brilliant, wasn't he? And against Brentford, he was brilliant, but his performances have uh, fallen off the face of the cliff. And and I think yeah, yesterday's performance. Um, it just the the players who were out there were actually behind Steve Cooper and as Harry Toffler has said there, it says the love the gaffer and everything. So, um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what team is picked on uh, on Friday. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think as a collective, I think uh, all the players have got to start showing a bit because when situations in the championship happen where we um, was on a bit of a hiding or we've lost a couple of games in a quick succession. The, the players you probably look at and think, oh, well, he's not good enough and he's not good enough. But these players are on 80. There's some of them on 100 grand plus a week, uh, if you believe the reports. And the and we've had enough, haven't we, in the recent years of like players just coming here for a quick paycheck and, and everything. And you're in the Premier League now. And the reason why we've signed these players because in the past they've been of a decent quality. So, yeah, you don't want to go down the realms of like people, uh, players like coming in like, Rafik Jabor in the past where they just come for like a quick payday. You want players to actually do well um, wearing the uh, the red of uh, Nottingham Forest. And yeah, like I said on Wednesday, it was an absolute disgrace. And um, and yesterday was a, a step in the right direction of actually being um, shown some uh, fight and determination and desire. Because I mentioned on Twitter the other day is that um, last season, all right, we was getting outclassed in certain games. But the heart of desire was there. And when you play like Man City and Arsenal and you lose five and six nil, you kind of think, well, quality's shown there. We wasn't that good enough. But yeah, once you lose the heart and desire, you're not going to do anything in football matches. You That first and foremost, it's got to be the heart and desire. Then your quality will come um, to fruition. But um, but yeah, in recent games, um, yeah, the, um, yeah, the performances haven't been there kind of thing. And, Yesterday was a, right, a step in the right direction, and we need to like take that into um, Friday's game against Spurs. Would you go with the same team for that game against Spurs? I, I think it's hard to drop anybody who performed yesterday. In, in all fairness, I think um, we'll learn the shirt. Yeah, I'd I'd probably keep the same, but it's like if you want a goal, what are you going to do up front? Because we saw it last season, didn't we? When Johnson, Gibbs White, and Lingard played in a three and it never worked and I think when you don't play with a striker you lose that focal point but having said that the striker is what we've got um, to, uh, pick from haven't been pulling up any trees have they um, Origi started alright against Fulham but obviously um, he didn't do anything after that initial good half an hour when we imploded um, Chris Wood's had his critics hasn't he I mean I think with Chris Wood you've got to play to his strengths. I think you've got to have runners in and around him. But when I noticed this on um, last Saturday against Everton, when the ball goes up to him and you've got Tarkovsky, who's winning everything in the air and Jared Brathwaite next to him, and you've got nobody within 10 yards of him, he's not going to do anything. He's not going to bring the ball down, turn and run away from the defender like a one he's got. So yeah, stating the obvious, losing a one is an absolute monumental loss uh, to us. And um, the first thing I'd be doing, if Steve Cooper is the manager or whoever it is, I mean, I think the players probably 75% of the time, 80% of the time get picked for Steve Cooper. I think he will go in with what he would like, but I don't think he has a say on the personnel. But yeah, the first thing I'd be doing um, in January is looking for a striker. Origi, he's never looked fit, has he? And he hasn't had much game time. I mean, I found it baffling last week that Steve Cooper said... Uh, Chris Wood was uh, suffering from a um, knee injury last week. Was it hypertension of the knee or something, whatever it is? And he stayed on the field. And Origi only got, what, 10 minutes? And Origi's record against Everton's uh, pretty impressive. And you get strikers. And I think Britt mentioned this, Britt uh, Somalonga, a few years ago, where he was out for a considerable amount of time. And then he played against MK Donald's, didn't he? Final game of the season. And he sc- um, scored, I believe. And he said, uh, I think whoever was interviewing him says, oh, do you like coming to this ground? He says, oh, I've, I've scored here 
like six or seven times before and play uh, strikers in particular remember that you see they go to these grounds and they've got like a bit of a purple patch um, against uh, certain teams at certain grounds and I just thought it was baffling last week that Origi only got 10 minutes when we was actually um, chasing the game so on Friday I would like to play with a striker but for, for whatever reason I mean you've got to play to Chris Wood's strengths and Origi he's, like I said doesn't look fit then you see on Twitter, people have mentioned about, oh, why don't we get somebody from the youth side? Well, my mate uh, from another pod went to the game against Doncaster in the um, EFL Cup or uh, whatever it was against Doncaster. Julian Larson never got a kick. Never got a kick against a team who's mid-table in League Two. So you can't expect him or any other striker from the academy, for that matter, to come in for the first team and start banging goals. It doesn't work like that because, obviously, the golfing class. So, um, so yeah, if we can do all right in the next couple of games and try and stay unbeaten, then hopefully go out and get a striker to see us. Because, by all accounts, we're not going to see a one are we, until March? No. So, I think come January, we're going to have to do something. We need to get a striker in of a yeah. similar quality and impact to a one-year. But we do need a striker because there's a distinct lack of goals and we're in this realm at the moment. Of I know we did okay yesterday, but we're conceding goals and we can't score goals. And as we know before, even Alan Hansen said it back in the 90s, didn't we, when we were struggling in the Premier League, uh, Forest concede too many goals and don't score enough and that's a recipe for disaster. Um, so, yeah, we do definitely need a striker um, come January and a good one at that. But I think all Forest can do for now is, is get to January without a one-year with the players that they've got and use this performance and this result at Wolves as a starting point to build from and hopefully go into the game against Spurs on Friday night and we see a bit more of the home form that carried us to safety last season and that Forest can put in a big performance for the fans and for Steve Cooper, who, from the sounds of it, will be in charge for that game on Friday night. We'll leave the match report there. So thank you, Tom. Thank you also to Dave earlier on for the view from the opposition. Thank you as well, listener, for joining us. We will be back with you after the Spurs game with our match report. So until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. Podcast Network.